Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is the Matt Mosley Show. Cam Stewart, Aaron Sexton here. We got Grant McCaslin, the Texas Tech coach, joining us at 520 today. Now John Mashoda, man who loves some good college basketball, uh, is coming always from the Athletic, covering these Cowboys. And John, a Cowboys reporter's work never ends. I mean, you go straight from Jerry saying stuff at the Senior Bowl to them having to hire a defensive uh, coordinator. What was your uh, welcome back? And and what was your uh, your thoughts with Dan Quinn? got that job I mean I guess we've kind of gotten used to him always coming back and I was kind of starting to think well maybe it's leaning that direction when he finally did take a job um, I mean obviously they've been preparing themselves but again it's just not it hasn't it's been working where he ends up coming back what do you think the the initial feeling out there was was it surprise a little bit or you think it was just like well we've prepared for this day so let's move along here no, I certainly think they've prepared for it. And judging by, you know, how he sounded today in his press conference uh, in front of the Washington media, you know, it, it certainly seems like he felt like, you know, his time was kind of running out. Like, if I don't get one of these head coaching jobs pretty soon, I could start getting passed over. I'm, maybe I'm not in those cycles going forward. And so, you know, Washington was the last one that was open. Seems like they really wanted Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson pulled out. And I think that's where Dan Quinn was like the obvious choice for them. And then, Probably Dan Quinn also sold him on the fact that, hey, you know, I could probably bring in Cliff Kingsbury too. I mean, we might be able to turn this thing around if, you know, high draft pick, maybe get the right quarterback in here. And I can, I mean, Dan was great at the press conference today. Dan's great whenever he talks to the media. I can easily see how he sold Washington on him. And and knowing that's how he felt, I I can't see how Mike McCarthy would be stunned or surprised that he he got a head coaching offer because it had been going, these interviews have been going on for these last two years. So, no, they have to have in the back of their mind that this is a possibility. So, no, I don't, I don't see any way that the Cowboys are blindsided by this. Yeah, but then Joe Witt Jr. immediately, you know, becomes the, well, he's the Cowboys, uh, you know, leader in, from an internal uh, candidate standpoint. Ron Rivera's name has been out there. Zimmer, who I've known for many years, suddenly gets involved. Um, great coach, great dude. Had some tragedy in his life, obviously, in recent years. The loss of his wife and son. Uh, and his son was loved Adam. Uh, but but he's been through a lot. But, I mean, it sounds like he's got one last, hey, I want to do this. Now, Durday is interesting. Love the, love the British accent. Kind of like his approach. All of that. Like, right now, as you kind of uh, are monitoring this, who, how do you have this thing handicapped? I think it comes down to Rivera and Zimmer. I think they really are going to – I think if they were going to go the Dirt A route, they would have went with Joe Witt Jr. And I think that maybe Mike McCarthy wanted that for continuity, and I could very easily see a world where Jerry stepped in and was like, no, let's get somebody with some head coaching experience too uh, for that side of the ball. And then that's where all of a sudden the door opens for Rivera and Zimmer who – I just see them going in that direction. So I, I think that's where it ends up being. It's one of those two. I've heard that they have some interest in Wink Martindale, but again, he doesn't fit that former head coaching NFL head coaching experience category. So I think it comes down to Rivera or Zimmer. 
And John, when you see that, when you see that an owner is looking for someone who has head coaching experience as well as having some, you know, coordinator traits in there, does that show that it's a just a little bit of a distrust in the coach, the head coach, or is it more like, hey, we're trying to take a little bit off the head coach's plate? I think with Jerry, I think he wants Mike so focused on, you know, being the offensive play caller and doing all that on top of being the head coach that I think he prefers that. And then also just the fact that this is how the Cowboys have done it going back uh, since 2014, because 2013 was the last time they did. Monty Kiffin was the D.C., and that didn't work out well. And he's the last one that they've had that doesn't have previous head coaching experience because uh, then went from Rod Marinelli then over, you know, to Dan Quinn. And then for Mike McCarthy and his background, I mean, his last two, his defensive coordinator for the time when they won the Super Bowl and for the majority of his time in Green Bay was Don Capers, who had previous head coaching experience. And then when they moved on from Don Capers, then it was Mike Patton who had previous head coaching experience. And then he comes over to the Cowboys, and, and his first hire at D.C. is Mike Nolan, who had previous head coaching experience. And then he goes to Dan Quinn. So I think they like the fit of that. And I think ultimately when they get together and make their final decision, I think that having that on your resume is going to be what, what puts you at the top of the list for them. John Mishota from The Athletic on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas with Cam Stewart alongside. What about, um, I love that Rob Ryan, I don't know if that was like a joke or somebody actually had a report, said Rob would be interested. I mean, John, you would have, you would enjoy that experience. And it made me start thinking about Galloway back in the day, like literally never called him by his name. Called Rob Ryan the whole time, big heli, big belly, big hair. That's just, that's like what he, that's what he referred to him as. And um, those were, those were some good times. I don't know if I would love that. I like, I mean, I, I like it for the press conference side of it. And he was certainly good to the media, but at the same time, I mean, I'm going to be going on 14 years covering this team. I mean, I, I'm kind of hoping they hire whoever gives them the best chance to maybe win in January. I'd like to maybe cover a deep playoff run. I just don't know that that Rob Ryan would be the guy for that. So uh, I can I can put a, a little bit less entertaining person on, on the podium for if it means uh, a better product on the field on Sundays. Hey John, we, we've heard from uh, from Jerry mainly about going all in for this offseason and no matter who you ask within Cowboys beat or, or Cowboys fans, everyone's answer is different as to what that's going to look like. You just had a story up on The Athletic about their free agents and who they should bring back. Uh, I don't want to give away, you know, your number one choice. I want people to read the story. But was there anyone oh, on ahead. that list of free agents that you didn't think was going to be on there? And then you were like, oh, yeah, well, the Cowboys do need this, and this guy would be a good fit. Not not really, and to be honest with you, um, when I was putting the list together, any one of them they can move on from. There is nobody There's nobody in this group of free agents for them that is an absolute you got to bring this guy back or everything's going to just completely fall apart. There's some people at the top of the list that I think gives them a better chance of having another 12 win season or more, and then actually having postseason success. But there are none of their free agents going in this class that they absolutely can't move on from. The problem is that how do you replace them if you lose them? Because when Jerry says going all in, I think most people assume that means, okay, he's going to finally, we're going to see a team be a little bit aggressive now come March in free agency, which we haven't seen since 2012 when they signed Brandon Carr. And I guess that's what Jerry meant. But at the same time, I'm kind of with the rest of, you know, people that follow the team and, and fans of the team where it's like, I kind of believe it when I see it because 
there's also a part of me when Jerry talks at the at the Senior Bowl, you're coming off of, to me, one of the worst Cowboys losses, certainly in the last decade, and, and maybe more. It might be the worst playoff loss the Cowboys have ever had when you factor in how good that team was, how healthy they were, how well they played at home, and then the opponent they were playing against to just completely get destroyed on in all areas of the game. It's it's hard to sell the fans, uh, you know, a couple weeks later. No, 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 no. We're around the rim. We're close. We're close. I mean, that's, that's a tough sell, and Jerry's a great salesman. Uh, so I think that he kind of latched on to the all-in thing because I think, you know, he believes fans like to hear that. But, yeah, they like to hear that, but they want to see the actions, and, and, and we'll see that. We'll, we'll know. I mean, last year, you know, they, they, they got kind of aggressive, and they made those deals for Brandon Cooks and, and Stephon Gilmore, but that probably wasn't enough. you got to probably do a little bit more than that, and, and we'll see if he's willing to do that because I don't think fans, when they think of all-in, they don't think of, well, it's all-in on Dak and McCarthy this year. Like, they think of it as like, oh, they're going to be really aggressive in terms of improving the roster. I can't guarantee anything on that. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'll be just as interested to see that as anybody else. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm trying to see where Jerry, he's never used basketball analogies or terminology, really. We're hanging around the rim. First of all, it's like hanging on the rim. And I almost feel like Tad, who came from the Cavaliers, their PR chief, may have kind of influenced that. Like, hey, Jerry, say hanging around the rim. I mean, just is a weird, I mean, you can hang around near the bucket, but you don't really hang around the rim feels like a Seinfeld I mean, no, argument, that, Matt. That, kind of an that's odd a good thing point, to Matt. me. You might be on. You might be onto something there with Tad. Obviously, coming from the Cleveland Cavaliers, being around LeBron James, and yeah, that might be where it came from. Because mm-hmm. I'll tell you one thing that always stands out to me is um, not being from the area, obviously, but now being down here for over 13 years is you know you never see Mark Cuban at a Dallas Cowboys game. And you never see Jerry Jones at Dallas Mavericks games. I know the Jones family has season tickets right right by the visiting bench, but never see Mark Cuban at a, at a Cowboys game. Never see Jerry Jones at a Mavericks game. That's, that is interesting. I mean, has Jerry – how many Mavericks games has Jerry been to in his career? I mean, he attended that All-Star game, obviously. But yeah, but there, isn't that because it was in his building? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying there's a chance Jerry – has he ever been over there? I mean, his Ooh, grandkids good, good have the greatest seats in the house. I mean, they're down there yeah. courtside next to the bench. And uh, and they're always – now, I think I've seen Stephen, but that's a good yeah. uh, that's a good call that uh, Jerry, you don't see. And Cuban, it's all – yeah, that's weird. I mean, I'm sure he said nice things about the Cowboys. but And you would think, like LeBron and everybody else has come to Cowboys games – like there's no reason why I mean yeah that's uh that's interesting why would Cubans stay away we'll have to look into that I like I like that you brought that up now John uh, Jaron curse I would say you got to hope that they don't bring him back I think I was looking at your list and I just feel like he's the one and he's kind of a menacing tough dude I mean he is a He's a, a real tall, massive safety type. And these lists are what always get us in trouble as writers. I mean, that's what these guys seize upon. I mean, somebody, Jock Taylor used to cover the Cowboys. He did one about Roy Williams being overpaid one time. And, I mean, you've never heard, like, the grief he took over that was, like, unreal. So, yeah, just I would say of this list – if Kirsch returns 
and if Gilmore returns, that that those would be the two. Oh no no no! I'll take that away. I think Armstrong could get mad at you. I just I, these guys can take some of this kind of stuff personally. So I just wanted yeah. to, I wanted you to be on the lookout for that. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, one of the factors into doing something like this anyway, though, it, it depends on like how they fit with what the team also already has on the roster. Yeah. So, yeah, this if if Demarcus Lawrence said, "Yeah, I don't want to play anymore. That was my last year. I'm retiring." Well, then Dorrance Armstrong goes to number one on that list because you need help <sighs> at edge rusher. Um, yeah. But I I just think that with a Dorrance Armstrong and Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence this past year and Dante Fowler, you kind of kind of prevents you from seeing more growth out of a Sam Williams who they have high hopes for. So it's like, isn't now the time for Sam Williams to step into a bigger role? Yeah. And it's the same thing with the J Ron curse thing. It's well, you already have Malik Hooker under contract. You already have Donovan Wilson, which they pretty much showed their hand last, last year during training camp when they signed both of those safeties, but then didn't give curse a new deal. And I know they still think highly of Israel Mukwamu. And then here's the other key as well as Marquise Bell played at times at linebacker, I think it's pretty clear when you watch the total body of work of last season that they need to get bigger at linebacker. And Marquise Bell and Wynier Thomas probably need to go back to safety. And if they do, then your safety group is is, is pretty strong depth-wise. I like that. I mean, it is, the Cowboys are one of the only teams that, that you can say that about. Like, they need their linebackers to return to safety. You know, it's just like they were playing kind of kind of light up there. And I'd like to be there when if J. Ron approached you, and not that you're afraid of any of these guys. You'll challenge no, people. J-Ron's I've seen you do it. J. Ron's a good dude. J. Ron's but, a good but, guy. But uh, I'd kind of like to see you kind of explain the nuance like you did to me and say, yeah, J. Ron, you know, yeah, just kind of walk through that. I tried to explain some nuance to uh, Jay. Who was that seventh-round pick they had one time that was a great pass rusher but ended up having some – issues jay ratliff and i remember jay and i used to really get along and then we hit a we hit a rough patch as happens <laughs> at times and uh but i oh no the other guy was tank tank was the guy who i went over to say tank they brought in a guy from the bears tank johnson or somebody like that yep and uh i went over to i went over to talk to tank and Tank just responded to my question. He wasn't talking to anybody. And, of course, I always tried. If, if they didn't want to talk, I wanted to be the one to crack them, right? So I went over there, and Tank just gave me just a flat-out, um, you know, F you. Except he said the real deal. To which I, and I said, I said, Tank, I, I said, you are a class act. And, and, <laughs> and I think at that point I was in full retreat mode. John, I was kind of like, I better get, better move on out of here. But I, I did, I did let Tank know that perhaps I will say this. Mm-hmm. So I was around Jay Ratliff towards the end of his time in Dallas. Ooh, um, ooh, but I'm, yeah. but I'm definitely. So I know a little bit about Jay, but uh, more so with both those individuals you mentioned, I've heard more stories from other longtime Cowboys beat writers. Jay Ron curses in, uh, in that in that group. Jay, Jay Ron. Jay Ron, we gave the uh, the good guy award last oh, year nice. for how good he is with the media. I mean, Jay Ron is really he's really great with 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 reporters and that. So I don't think like I don't know. I think he's he's a pretty good dude. I think you'd like him if uh, if if you were around him a lot. I'm going to make that a point next year to spend a little more time if he's around um, to spend a little more. I, I do. I have liked him. I like him. Also, with that, let me throw this out there though. 
Yeah. When I when you mentioned J. Ron Curse and, and Dorrance Armstrong, there's also a part of me that kind of thinks like, don't you think some of these guys are going to go to Washington in free agency because Dan Quinn's yes. there? Yeah, they probably got a little bit more money. It's like the portal. It's it's like he's gonna they're gonna go in the transfer portal and they do have all that money to work with, and that will be interesting because it might not be exactly who we're thinking of, but he because he's not like he's gonna go get you know Diggs and Bland and all right. those guys. But he could take some he could take some people away. I mean they they signed Dorrance that time when we were giving him a hard time, or at least I was when they missed out on that one guy who ended up not even being that great, right? Didn't Denver sign the pat the defensive oh, end? Yeah. Kind of right out from under the Cowboys and Gregory hadn't really done anything since. Yeah, Dorrance has got sixteen sacks over the last two seasons. I mean he's been yes. behind Michael Parsons both these last two years, yeah. No, he's been a good player for them. Yeah, yeah. All right, Cam. I mean, did you enjoy your time with John? Did you have anything? John's got he's got a lot to get to. Is there anything else you wanted to say to, to uh, John, Cam, before we let him go? Well, I'll say it's a heck of a lot better than spending time with you, Matt. I'll just say no, that. Whoa, whoa, whoa wow, I know. Well, I, I do have a question for John. It's, it's yes. one that is relevant to the Cowboys and to Dan Quinn. John, do you think a 51-year-old bald man can rock the backwards baseball cap look? That, that's been a debate here in the studio. You know, I'm battling with that myself. I'm not bald, okay. but balding. I'm 40. Yeah, yeah, is a difference. And 42, and I've been doing it from time to time. Like not when I'm at the star, but maybe if I just go up to you know the Tom Thumb, and I'm kind of like, <laughs> at what point do I get to where I can't do this anymore? And it was kind of funny because <laughs> thinking of that also, I really enjoyed the Netflix uh, quarterback series with, with Mahomes and and uh, Mariota and Kirk Cousins this year. And it's funny because there's a portion in there where Mahomes is working out and he's talking about how, like, I don't know how much longer I can keep going with this hairstyle because I'm going to be a father and it's time to, like, grow up and whatever. So it is interesting, but I just kind of feel like if you're comfortable with it, go with it. And Dan Quinn definitely has some swag to him. I mean, he has – he's got the best shoe game of any coach I've ever seen. He always has a different pair of Jordans on. Um, Mm. If anybody can pull it off, I think it's him because – I think it's authentic to him. It's when you see a guy do it, you're just like, hold on, you've never done this before. <laughs> what are we trying to change Change something here? So no. uh, I think Dan Quinn can pull it off, though. Dan Quinn, it's one like, of one. It's like Ar- Archer still like wants to give me – Archer's now known me for how many years? I mean, since 2003 or in 2024, and I, I heard him over there talking to you about me wearing my sunglasses. I mean, he's only known me for 21 years I've been doing this. It's just like – I mean, it's still – maybe you brought it up with him, but yes. I oh, mean, well, yeah. Know. No, I mean, you definitely have that signature. It's, it's yes. a night game standing behind Jerry <laughs> in the bowels of AT&T Stadium. You with your sunglasses on right behind him and your coffee in your hand. And, and then just the look on your face of just, like, really encapsulating all of really Cowboys fandom of, like, what what is he talking about? What is he quite saying here? And you're just trying to maybe jot something down. No, it's definitely a signature look you got going on there. Thank you. And I'm, I i don't know. I feel like Archer, all these years later, is still trying to change me. And I just don't I don't always appreciate that. John, um, thank you. Good stuff. And uh, um, sorry about the Lions, but what an unbelievable run. And uh, yeah, I off air at some point, I would like to get your take on. I don't think I've asked you yet where you were on how mad you were at Dan Campbell or if you were kind of cool with 
him doing what he did or all that. But we'll we'll talk about that. I look forward to it. I do. I do. I'm 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 a Dan Campbell fan. So yes, no, I look forward to talking about that. All right, there he goes, folks. John Machota. Uh, with The Athletic, covers the Cowboys, great off-season read, and he'll tell you who the Cowboys should uh, hold on to in free agency.